we are live. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you, Mr. Leo? I am in a pit of despair. How are you? <laughs> I thought you were just bored. I am like, not even bored. The I don't know what the word is. Drained. It's just like 50 and raining every day. Like cloudy. Bro, how can you not be elated to be alive? Life is a miracle. There's energy all around us. We are part of God. That's Just go out in the rain and hold your arms open and love it. So how are you doing? Sounds like you're having a great time. Oh, I'm pretty great considering I went back into the weeds and then realized I did. We were smoking a lot this past weekend, smoking cigarettes, getting back into all the substances, all the addictions, but I'm doing great because I realized that I have the key now to be free of all substances. The only reason these quits weren't working is because I wasn't getting rid of the most addictive substance there is, which is food. And now you've found a way. Well, now I just realized I don't need food. We don't need food. We've been lied to on a mass cultural level, telling us we need food to live. It's just nonsense. We can live off of prana. Who do you think is lying to us? Big food? Oh, big food's definitely in on it. Big pharma, because the food makes us sick. That's true. Big capitalism, big late-stage capitalism. It's They're all in on it, man. All the conspiracy shadow groups behind all the weird stuff that happens, the Illuminati. This goes back, you know, obviously very far. Because back in the day, people knew they could just live off the sun. They could just live off the breath. All right, so what is Namir's new diet? Take us through it. My new diet, I just told you, I live you off of prana. Nothing. I live off of the sunlight and off of my breath. And by breathing in a concentrated way, taking in the prana and the atmosphere, I don't need any food. I mean, I might still eat food, but it won't be because I need it. It'll just be, you know, to enjoy taste or the social aspect of food. But it'll be a whole new relationship. And how often will you be eating this food to enjoy the taste or the social aspect of it? Every day? You know, I'm not kidding. There are people who have done this. There's a guy, this Indian yogi, was locked in a room, dry fasting, no food and no water, for 14 days. Science says for sure he should die from that. But he lived, and they monitored him every minute of the time. Who is they? The scientists doing this study. Like, I saw footage of the study of him locked in the room and stuff. They sealed the toilets. They had video cameras on him 24-7. This was a legitimate study by a reputable source. 14 days, no food, no water. I mean, it's it's also, he's not alone. There's, like, a guy, Ray Mayor, who's big on this and, like, guides people and initiations into this. And he actually, funny enough, he lives in Vilcabamba, Ecuador. Mm. and he did it for eight days being monitored yeah i feel like a lot of these spiritual people have something to gain by doing this well Um, you have a ton to gain i mean you can live naturally and blissfully and get out of your stupor i mean food and breath when you're not breathing consciously just lower our prana lower our vibration at what point are you going to pull the e-cord and say i've lost 30 pounds this month this cannot continue i am wasting away into nothing it's not going to happen 
I mean, it'll 100% happen. No, I'm not going to lose 30 pounds. I mean, I'm only, I'm six feet and I'm only 155 to begin with. So like my retreat weight, when I really lose weight, I lose maybe 10 pounds, go to 145, but I'm not going to go much lower than that. You've got very little wiggle room here. You've got 10 pounds of wiggle room. That's the point. I don't need wiggle room. I mean, I've always like, I've seen the footsteps or I've heard the footsteps of this. When I, after the first time I took mushrooms, I didn't get hungry for seven days. I just didn't need to eat. You didn't eat at all for seven days. I can't remember it perfectly. I might have had something just like making myself eat once or twice. But yeah, I didn't get hungry. Mm. And you didn't lose any weight in these seven days. Uh, I might have lost weight. But whatever weight you lose is just, you know, the, the negative baggage you're carrying around. You get to your ideal weight and then you stay there and then you live on prana. It's like we have many different engines, you know, we have the digestive engine and then we have the light body. And if you can grow your light body to be able to absorb light and live off prana the way plants do, then you're good. You just have to get that engine going. This is a terrible idea and I cannot co-sign on it. What do you do? Well, I don't need you to co-sign on it. I just need you to watch in awe as I, I embark on this new lifestyle. In... Terror. I will watch in terror. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. Terror is kind of like awe. Mm, that's true. You could be great and terrible. Mm. But what what has you so down? Do you mean about your new diet plan or what's going on? No, no. I mean, this started by you saying that you were miserable. Oh, no. I'm being hyperbolic. It's just kind of a low energy week. It's mm. very gloomy around here. There isn't much going on. Mm. I just feel kind of tired. I've been drinking like every night. You've been drinking alcohol? Yeah, not alone. There's been like reason to. There's been uh, like, events. Social stuff. Well, what do you yeah. do? It sounds like there's a lot going on then. Well, I need like a good amount of sleep and no substances for a couple of days just to kind of mm. reset because I'm feeling like a little strung out. Dude, this is my first day off of substances. Perfect time to join. Yeah, but you tend to go back without telling me. So here, I'll make you a deal. I'll tell you if and when but i'm not going to go back but i'll tell you if i do um i plan on doing both tonight so i can't <laughs> do that either so you need also a couple days night. free of substances starting tomorrow no starting friday probably why would you start friday on the weekend oh well, because i'm going to the suburbs on friday so oh. okay it'll be avoidable and then saturday i can mm. carry the momentum through it right yeah i always like when i have somewhere to go that makes it a lot easier to not smoke weed compulsively yeah and i got this indica which is in itself pretty like a body high mm-hmm. so i don't know i need i just i think i just need to work out and get some sunlight but i can't do that right now mm, yeah i hear can't. you i could do it on my floor right but it's just not fun or invigorating <laughs> well and the sunlight you're not gonna yeah. get that yeah, you're kind of fucked on that. That's like one of the worst parts about Chicago. You're just guaranteed vitamin D deficient for six months of the year. Yeah, January, February, March are the worst months to live here, for sure. Yeah, well, I can't complain about basically any of the same things in California, but it's hard times as well. I mean, I think like the more time goes on, the more the ripple effects of the pandemic and all of this shit just kind of weigh on everyone. Dude, I feel like the pandemic's over. Really? 
yeah, everyone's getting vaccinated. They're opening stuff up again, slowly but surely. Like, I've started seeing the glass dividers being removed from places. Oh, that's a good... Okay, the glass dividers is the first thing you said that may, that is encouraging to me. For me, I feel like it's not over, though, until I walk around and I don't see masks. I don't really mind the mask that much because it's been cold. So when it's cold, like... Yeah. It's nice to have on anyway. But this summer, I mean, you kn- you know you don't want to be doing that this summer. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. It'll be weird for a minute, though. It'll be weird to like go into a grocery store without one again. I mean, I just hope that day comes. I haven't been like a hundred percent sure that that we will be able to without them again. No, I think that like in six months we'll be totally we'll have forgotten this ever happened. Wow, optimistic Leo. Optimistic. Well, you got to be. Is someone there, or is it just your cat's going ham? It's my cat. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I like I appreciate you keeping hope alive. I've been Got like it. in a nihilistic place as I've told you just wondering what's the point. Yeah, it seems like you're out of it now. Yeah, I mean, there's like layers to being out of it. Like I can fool myself and like get hyped and pretend to be out of it for a bit and then go back. And so there's like an ebb and a flow, but there's a big arc of coming out of it that Honestly, I think that'll just come with not smoking weed, finally, for reals, for reals, being free of substances. But if that doesn't cover it, getting food out of my system definitely will. That's the running theme of this podcast is, hey, man, I quit weed, and then next week, you're smoking again. But it's not, because this is the final, this is this is it, man. I can't keep going back and forth. It's St. Patty's final. Day. It's time to make a good decision. So you mentioned earlier that you have a lot you're focusing on in the next couple of days. What's going on? Oh, I mean, just podcasts, like editing a podcast, uh, cleaning, organizing my office because I need to get all the shit off the floor because we might have carpet beetles. Dude, oh, no. I'm actually pretty. This is low-key a bad situation at the homestead. I The other day I saw all these tiny bugs like... So they're like just two or three times the size of the point of a pushpin. They're tiny. It would take probably 20 of them to be the size of a penny. But I saw just like all these bugs swarming on the walls. And we looked them up and we think they might be carpet bugs. And I hope they're carpet bugs and not like bed bugs because we've both been getting itches, like bites. That's pretty bad. Itching a lot. Yeah, like I've got bites or something, itches all over my body. Sounds like you got to move at this point. Well, we already were kind of thinking of moving for many reasons. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, we should at least try to clean, have cleaners come and, you know, see if this can get better. So are you going to move to a mansion on the beach or a mansion on the hillside? A mansion in the new Hollywood, the new place to be for a sleazy big powered producer palos verdes the seventh day adventist hub correct that's loma linda oh, but what's maybe palos maybe i can make it the seven day adventist hub uh, palos verdes is just like the southern end of the big cove that is la like on the north you've got the santa monica mountains and then by that is the hills and you always hear about these motherfuckers living in the hills but i'm gonna make it a trend to live in palos verdes it's like smaller hills but it's on this sweet peninsula looking at the ocean 
and we found this uh, contest, this raffle. We can buy a ticket to get to win a uh, mansion there. So that's what we're going to do. That sounds totally made up. We're going to use the secret. We're going to use the secret to manage. No, the this raffle's real. There's a raffle to win a mansion. Who's giving out a mansion? You want me to go get the fucking flyer? It's the yeah. Palos Verdes uh, Art Institute or something. I'll get it. All right, here we go. So, I mean, I had already been kind of putting this intention into the ether, talking about living in Palos Verdes, moving there. So the universe was definitely responding to that. And every day when I would play the singing bowl I have that's tuned to the heart chakra, I would feel the intention in my heart to manifest a mansion in Palos Verdes. And I think some of your $10 million goal got in there too, because it says you can take the mansion or $5 million cash. Oh my God. See, Palos Verdes Dream House Raffle by the Palos Verdes Art Center. It's the 18th year they're doing it. They do this every year? Yeah, apparently. A ticket's 150 bucks. They sell like multiple packs at once, I guess, for people who want to try and game it. But I can't imagine it's good expected value. And we don't need expected value because we have the secret. So we're just going to buy they've, a ticket and we'll live here. They've given out 18 dream houses already yeah i mean i'm actually kind of surprised too they get enough people entering this i mean 150 dollars for a five million dollar value you've got to get what like third thirty thousand people entering that or a I mean, little I'm more sure they do maybe they don't maybe they get less well you got to get thirty thousand tickets and they sell like six packs of tickets as well so i guess they get it so people just spend thousands of dollars gambling on this presumably but yeah i mean hey if you uh at the end of your tm sessions if you want to throw an intention in there and help me manifest that'd be chill but should have enough strength to do it i just wrote down on a piece of paper that it's gonna happen and i visualize it every day and yeah that's the plan if this happens my mind is gonna explode my brain is gonna just poof. i'll eat once we win the raffle because my, my manifesting power is going to be a lot stronger living the breatharian lifestyle. Okay. Again, my head will literally explode. You, you can't buy a different mansion and then tell me you won the raffle mansion. <laughs> well, I also just can't do that as like a sane, pragmatic individual. The price to square foot ratio is dog shit in Southern California. What is it? Here it's like 200 something. It's probably like, really? 200 something? I think so. Hmm. Yeah, it's probably in the thousands. Oh my God. No, probably not. But it's absurd. I mean, let me look. I can just pull up Redfin. Pull it up. Look up the dream house. Well, it doesn't give an address. Oh. (laughs) But yeah, this will be the epicenter for the production empire. And then in 2028, we just make Palos Verdes the new capital of the U.S. because Washington will be obsolete. That's perfect. And the chefs will never have to work again. Hmm. I spend like $11,000 a year on food, I think. 11000 so That's not too bad. Probably. It's less than 1000 a month. All right. Let's, this uh, Palos Verdes home is $3 million and 3,400 square feet. Oh, then you got to take the cash, bro. You got to take the five mil. 
So that's uh, almost a thousand price per square foot, 882. I don't know. I mean, I think that would get in the way of the manifesting process, honestly, trying to stick to the secret methodology. Which would? Well, a house is a lot more tangible. Oh. If I picture a house and picture us living in a house, I think that's a stronger visualization than just picturing a number of dollars. I see. That's what I'm doing wrong then, right? That's why I haven't gotten to know. That actually yet. might be why it's not working for you yet. Because you've just been saying $10 million, right? I've just been saying $10 million and I've been living like a rich man. I pre-ordered a Cybertruck. It's going to be really cool when it arrives in two years. Yeah, I'm stoked to take a ride in your Cybertruck. I'll drive it to the mountain, to the Palos Verdes mountain. Please do. Yeah, there's some absurdly expensive properties. This one's 7.3 mil, 8,000 square feet. I think the most expensive properties you can find are in Southern California. Not here, though. They're in uh, probably the hills, actually. In the United States, you mean? I think so. Or in the world, in fact. Um, I would buy the United States. I imagine, like, there's got to be certain places in other parts of the world, like Tokyo mm, yeah. or Paris. Uh, yeah, I think you're right about that. I, I doubt we have the number one, but I would bet that Southern California is the most expensive region if you look at like the top couple hundred homes of anywhere yeah i mean i have no idea but it's definitely true in the u.s or i would assume so yeah but that's why palos veritas is so underrated people are really sleeping on the new hub the new place to be well that's why you gotta win this raffle when do they decide if you've won a house or not there's like two deadlines. They got some weird rules, but it looks like June is when the, the raffle happens. So probably just in time for our lease to be up in uh, the end of August. All right. So I mean, I'm just assuming it'll work out perfectly, you know, and then I'll deal with any non-perfection when we come to it. It's the way to do it. I think so. But again, you can't lie to me and just buy a different house and be like, look, the secret worked just to fool me. Yeah, I would definitely buy a house worth $5 million to fool you. <laughs> Practical joke. <laughs> hey, man, billionaires do that stuff all the time. Well, good thing I'm not a billionaire. <laughs> what's $5 million to a whale? Nothing. Yeah, that's, that's what's crazy about being a billionaire. When you're Soros, you don't even care about the $5 million homes anymore. You care about oral domination. Yeah, man, you're wants change because you already have everything you could tangibly buy so you start craving things you can't buy mm-hmm. like, which is cool like adrenochrome exactly exactly <laughs> i told you that my mom went to see a voodoo priest in haiti and she was going with her friend and the driver who was taking them to this voodoo priest was like you'd be surprised who comes here and has seen this priest and they were asking like oh who and the guy was saying the clintons went and saw this priest and had the priest do a blessing on them for power i totally buy it yeah man that shit's crazy i think that probably happened too and my mom thinks the adrenochrome shit is real but i don't know about that did they pay this priest did he receive money yeah sweet yeah he sounds legit (laughs) oh i mean yeah i don't know how legit this guy is like it seems like a really sketchy spiritual tradition. Like my mom's friend had him put a hex on someone who had like burned her 
in business or something. Jesus, dude. <laughs> My mom is pretty nuts herself, but has some even more out there friends. That's interesting because how can you claim to be like a spiritual person and then hire people to put hexes on other people well my point is how can you claim to be a spiritual person and put hexes on other people i mean that's not something any one i look up to in any spiritual circle would do that's a black stain on your soul yeah i mean that's i think the voodoo is like a pretty primitive religion uh or i don't even know if it's a religion i don't really know what tradition we're talking about but i think it is i think it's like an old african yeah religion yeah and i feel like we are so into demonizing christianity these days and the sjw's are you know love to beat down on the well-established and organized religions and there's a tendency to think like there's some corollary that these primitive religions are like nobler or more pure but they're pretty fucked too they didn't have the ability to carry out crusades but you know there are a lot of fucked up religions out there yeah I do think that's really funny, and I think we've talked about that before. It's like, you know, Christianity ended up winning out because they had more good ideas than they had bad ideas for the time that they existed. Right. Which is why you think they must be the true religion, because God favored them and they won. Well, you could think of it that way. <laughs> and it wouldn't be totally wrong if you believe that stuff, you know? Sure. It's all about belief, man. Hence the belief, the tyrannical belief that we need food. I don't know if food is a belief. See, it's such a belief construct that you can't even take me seriously. You think I'm trolling you. You think I'm messing with you. I 100% do. And you don't think I'm going to do this. And for anyone at home, that's probably a safe assumption and a good idea not to do this. But I am being serious. You just can't even perceive that message because it's so beyond your frequency, so beyond your beliefs. It's so outside of the realm of normal existence. Like, that's the final frontier, right? Like, in the hierarchy of needs, food is the first one. Mm, Air, but yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't think you guess. It's for sure air. So you will immediately die if you don't have air, and then you will gradually die if you don't have water, and then you will more gradually die if you don't have food. See, I don't think that's what it is, though. So there's... Prana, life force energy, there's oxygen, there's water, and there's food. So there's a clear hierarchy of needs. And we just assume that we need all of these needs to some degree. Things lower on the hierarchy less, things higher on the hierarchy more. But it's all energy, man. We're made of energy, energy's all around us. Why shouldn't we be able to convert energy in such a way? that we can live off of sunlight, air, and prana. It's because that's not how our operating system, or hardware rather, works. We can change. It's a very meaty biological structure. It's not a plant. We don't have the chlorophylls we need. Yeah, but chlorophylls is just an idea. I mean, biological structures are just ideas. Cells are just ideas. These are all human constructs people came up with to try and categorize forms of energy. And what I'm saying is, at a certain point, the categorization is unnecessary. You can just live off of the ether. I mean, I want to say we know for a fact this isn't true, but I don't know where you're going to go with it. (laughs) We can talk about other stuff. I mean... 
it'll be easier to convince you once I'm like a couple months in to put You'll never be a couple months into this. I have been before. Basically. You've never been a couple of months of zero food. That's true, but close. I've been very close to that. What happens is the less food you eat, the lower your resting metabolic rate. Gets, right. Right. Which means you could persist on less food. Right. And maintain body weight. Mm-hmm. You can also lower your metabolic rate without eating less food, just through the power of the mind and meditation. Yeah, I believe that. I don't know why you'd want to do it, though. You'd become enormously fat. No, because you're not eating. You would do it because you want to not eat food. Oh. Like intentionally, or maybe not even intentionally, but through the process of meditation, lowering the metabolic rate is how Sadhguru uh, broke out as a big star. He was meditating for what he thought was like half an hour in an insanely deep concentrated state. And he opened his eyes and there was a huge crowd around him, people putting necklaces around him and shit. And they were like, it's been 13 days you've been here. See, I don't believe this at all. I think this is like a cool story that he tells people. I don't think it happened. So you think Sadhguru is a total scammer? I think he's a YouTuber. A YouTuber. <laughs> I actually don't know a lot about his origins and his story. I'm curious about it. It's He's from a country that has sketchy paperwork. And everyone's got a weird origin. And everyone's 120 years old. But none of them really are. He's from India, I thought, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, you know that's how many the YouTubers in India say they're 120 and haven't <laughs> eaten 50 years? Well, I mean, when you see through the illusion of time, it does get harder to keep chronological time and know how old you are. I mean, that too is just a concept. Oh. I mean, when I was in Ecuador, the shaman was like, said he was 61, and his wife was like, no, you're not. And she was like, he's 68. Oh, he just feels old and wants to flex about being younger. No, he feels young, man. He was strong as a bull. <laughs> Anyone who lives off prana in a clean way is, because we're in a society where we're just poisoning ourselves, killing ourselves. McDonald's isn't food, it's a poison factory. I mean, I totally agree with that part. Eating less food is generally beneficial across the board for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, taking time to starve, we know for scientific fact, is healthy. Because your body cleans itself out and eats all the dead cells. Right. But you just don't think you can do it indefinitely. No, it's like a devil's bargain of you extend your own life by consuming other life. That's the only way to do it. Uh, that's the sad, brutal reality of existence. But you have to at least concede that there's a lot of wiggle room in there. I mean, some people eat more, some people eat less, some people are able to eat like very little, at least. Yeah, but these are very measurable and manipulatable variables. They're not, like, mysterious. You can know exactly how much <laughs> calories someone burns and how much they consume and what their weight is after. Like, it's a very straightforward calculation. Nah, I don't think that's true. You think, you think weight is just a straightforward calculation of calories in versus calories consumed? Um, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's what I was taught in nutrition class at UChicago, but I don't think it's true. What do you think is true? How do you think weight is managed? I think weight or matter, for that matter, is just one form of energy. So heat's energy, noise is energy, life is energy, life force, thought, 
And yeah, I think there's some mystery to how these things convert between each other. And to be honest with you, I too am skeptical that you can live forever without food. So we'll see how this goes. But I do think that you can, maybe that's an ideal. Maybe that's like an asymptote that you can approach. And it does seem as if some people have genuinely approached it. I don't know, man. I know Sadhguru eats twice a day. So he maybe does he? eats like 1,400 calories. Hmm. Which is less than most, but definitely non-zero. And he's, I assume, a smaller dude. <laughs> so 1,400 is not out of the ballpark of unrealistic. And anything below 1,000 is actively detrimental to your internal organs. Over like For a, a long period, period of time. time. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see what Sadhguru has to say about that. The amount of extra energy that you have is enormous. Within three days, we can teach you a simple form of meditation, which will bring down your metabolism by approximately 24%. If you sit here, you have no sense of body. It is from this that a yogi is sitting. It's like kind of a long video, but they ask him about not eating food and water. Well, that premise of three days and you can cut it down by 25%. Wait, hold on. I can't hear you. You just... Damn it. What's what's going on? I got to leave the Zoom meeting and rejoin. I am now the host. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Leo Gates Hour with only Leo Gates. Let's talk about, shut the fuck up, Leo. You think you can talk on this podcast without me? (laughs) I I had a mutiny for a minute. You were about to agree with me, I think. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say that the premise that he made, which was I can lower your resting metabolic rate by 25% in three days, is not crazy at all. Mm -hmm. It's very, very doable. He goes on to say that you can raise, you can lower it more than that. But if you lower it more than that, you lose the perception of being in a body. Like you have the body dissolving phenomenon of meditation, which is something I've experienced before and know is possible. So you get into that state, who knows, maybe you, you can go 13 days and no food, no water. Interesting. I mean, it was like a minute for me, and I think it's probably you have to be enlightened basically to sustain that (laughs) for a long time. But I feel like this is possible. I feel like there's something here. I don't really get water in general. I don't know why we need it. I don't know how we ever got enough of it throughout the entire human history. Like, how did yeah, that is a good point. Gatherers always get water. They didn't carry like fucking two gallon jugs on their backs we're told to drink what, maybe they did a gallon of water a day and what we just always had to live near a river throughout all of history yeah or or a pond or something is that what chimps do i guess yeah i guess they it's have to so weird like how are all these animals getting enough water i don't get it it is part of it, it does seem like a struggle i've reconciled part of it is that like the OGs would eat fruit, which is mm-hmm. like 90% water anyway. Mm-hmm, right. And I think that's how they got most of their hydration. That could be. You also get water in other foods. Yeah. So Vegetables, fruit, and we had zero processed foods. So there's nothing that is just going to absorb water without giving you anything back. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, these guys like Ray Mayor and the 
Indian yogi who did the 14 days dry fast, they say you don't need water either. Yeah, man. I don't buy any of that. I think it's crazy. <laughs> it's just straight up crazy. Yeah, but life's straight up crazy, man. That's like, true. I think there will be a time when no one knows what's going on. Nothing makes sense to anyone. Maybe oh, in a not. decade, maybe two, but I think it'll just be mass societal insanity. Total chaos, the entire absolution of civil society. You can't have all of civil society believing in delusions and caught up in materialist maze and expect it not to be insanity when they wake up. Dude, what is delusion and what is making up? I think anything you actively believe is delusion. You actively believe you actively believe everything though, right? I don't believe or disbelieve anything. I don't question life. Hmm. So you believe all of it. You don't question it. Well, I believe it's an experience. Yeah, I mean, I believe that I'm hearing you. I believe that I'm seeing the pixels or forms that I think of as Leo. Dude, you shouldn't. I recorded this a month ago. (laughs) Damn, you got me after all this. It's just a video. Yeah. Right now, it is March 2021. I am off of the coast of Nassau in the Bahamas on a yacht, and you're watching an old video that I recorded in February. Well, it still wouldn't matter, because the recording of you, or you, isn't really you. It's just part of God, as am I. And because we're all just part of God, and we're all one, all of this isn't real. But the experience of it is real. So I believe the experience, but I don't believe any of the stories. We just eat God and that'll sustain us. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're always doing. Eating food, eating air, whatever you're eating. That's true. We are always consuming life. You can't distinguish between substances or between things. That's the key. Everything's the same. Well, <laughs> it isn't. It's, yeah, it's actually pretty dumb when people walk around saying we are all one. That's one of my pet peeves. It's you like, say that all the time, though. Well, like, it's true, but when you say it as if someone else doesn't believe it or you're different from them for knowing it, then you're contradicting your whole premise. Mm. Are we all one? In a sense, we're all one, but we're having an experience of being separate. It's both. See, that concept, I don't know why. I can't wrap my head around it at all. Well, you're not the human Leo, you're a spiritual being playing the video game that puts you in the shoes of the human Leo, right? You've just become identified with that guy. Sure. So as a spiritual being, we're connected and we're of the same substance. But see, that's identifying. It is a bit of a leap, actually. Like we could both be spiritual beings, I guess, and be separate. Yeah, but how I think of it. I think of it as kind of like icebergs, like we're all icebergs. The tip of the iceberg and what's visible is the personality, the person, the avatar that we have here. And then if you go down deeper in the iceberg, you get into the true self or your spiritual nature. But it's like all of the icebergs converge. You go down deep enough and you realize my true self isn't actually different from your true self. Isn't this the whole unified field theory? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know if I buy that part of it. You just go down and somehow we're all one. Well, if you think we're in a simulation, that's basically the same thing. You think we're all the same simulation. No, I think we're all different instances of an object. You mean different parts of an object? No, like when you have code, you have this generic object, we'll call it the spiritual being, and then you spin up a bunch of different instances of it. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's how I see it as well. But that doesn't mean that they're the same. Well, it means the thing of which we are all instances is universal to all of us. Yeah, there's a generic, whatever you want to call it, mapping. Right. And it's the same for everybody. Yeah. But everybody is a unique instance of that thing. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean... So we're not all one. Well, you get into the question of self then. Because if everyone is a generic, is like a unique instance, then we're different in the sense that every one, our personas are different. But that presumes that we exist. That Leo is a distinct, definable thing. In reality yes and that is not true in my view you're a constantly changing ebb and flow of different particles where is the you where are you located in you i don't know man i don't know if i buy quantum physics <laughs> we'll forget quantum physics where is the you where do you feel like you are right here man I'm all right that. if i cut off your hand will you no longer be you then well i'll be me without a hand Well, you were holding up your hand to say that's you. Yeah, I mean, like, the corporal form is me. Okay, but if I change the form, that's still you? Yeah. It's a different version. It's not the same me. I've now changed. So it's a different thing? Yes. So it's not the same thing that was there before? Well, we're different every single day. Right. Yeah, we are. I mean, even aside from losing limbs or whatever, your cells are always dying and regenerating. So it's not just that. It's just there's experiences that you're taking in and stimuli that you're taking in all the time. Right. Yeah. So you're constantly changing and you think of yourself as a consistent entity, but you aren't. Yes, but... uh, Like you have a narrative that like I experienced this and then I experienced this and then I experienced this. And, you know, each of those changed you in some way, but you still feel like you're you, you're just going through all these experiences, but there's no evidence or proof for the fact that you're you or that you exist other than you feeling like you do. But I definitely know that I'm not you. You Okay. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. And that, I think that's true. But if you observe your experience, say in meditation, you feel the breath you feel a sensation, you feel an emotion, you realize none of these things are you. So like you have all these experiences, sensations, perceptions, but none of them is you. You just have a sense of you that results from all of them. Sure. But that sense isn't anything in reality. Okay. Yeah, so that's um, that's the sense in which I'm saying it's delusion to identify as a self and yet the experience of being a self and being separate is a real experience we're having well what i'm arguing against is the leap of going from 
all of that, which I agree with, and saying that we're all the same underneath all of the experience and all the stimuli, which I also agree with, to going that we are one. I feel like we're defining one differently. Maybe that's where the break in communication is happening. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's words at the end of the day. Like, I don't believe words can express truths like this in a fully satisfactory way. And I I wouldn't even necessarily be someone who would believe we are all one exactly. Like, I get what people mean when they say that, and I think they're pointing to something true. But the statement itself isn't truth or true. Like in Zen, there's a saying, not one, not two, which gets at the idea that we're not two, we're not separate in the sense we think we are based on ego identification, but we're also not one because if we were all one and there was only one, then there wouldn't even be a such thing as one, right? Like one Mm. is defined in opposition to many or multiple, and there is no such distinction. Like if I was thinking of the literal definition of like, we are all one, then I would assume that I could reach into myself and pull out your memories and experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that's possible. I don't think the SJWs think that's possible either, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like we actually disagree. It's just words are imperfect, crude tools to express these things. Because I would really throw a wrench into the whole like intersectional argument. What would? You can never know someone else's experiences and it's theirs and they define <laughs> themselves by them. If well, we're all one. that is kind of the case. No, man, because we're all one. But SJWs don't say that. They're pretty right. big on us not all being one. They're pretty big on some being oppressors and some being privileged and some being oppressed. That's very true. Everyone's oppressed. But... No, this does, what you're saying does throw a wrench in it because people say, oh, like, how could you misgender someone? Like, you have no idea how much that hurts them. I and do it's like the, the response though. is like, no, no, no. <laughs> you would have to make that leap to be able to say something like that, which they don't make that leap. So you can just respond, you also aren't them. It might be less hurtful than you think. Mm. Maybe they like it. Maybe they have a kink of being misgendered. Oh, they definitely like it because they like the attention that comes from doing that. Could be. It's like a trap. You know, you go outside putting an energy into the world, baiting people into commenting on it. And then when they comment on it, you pounce on them. Mm -hmm. That's the game. Isn't that weird? That's a weird game. It's not, I don't know. It is weird, but then again, all the games we play are weird. Humans are weird. It's all just pretty weird. (laughs) And it's all games. So I don't know why anyone takes any of it very seriously. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I go back and forth on the it's all a game thing. If you think about like people externalizing their thoughts and intentions just to trigger reactions from other people, what is the end goal of any of that? Love. It's all about love. We're all one, and everything is either love or a call for love, bro. Exactly. Well, (laughs) if that were the case, the world would be a lot simpler. (laughs) Maybe it is simpler, and maybe we're just deep in delusion thinking it's complicated. No, I think it would be if the whole no-eating food thing had any merit, because, you know, no resources to share or to fight over would really solve everything. 
Hmm, that's an interesting thought. But there is, I mean, even without that, there is an abundance of food. We just have to cooperate. There is not an abundance of food. If you think about the entire global population of humans. Well, I mean, assuming we succeed with Bill Gates' depopulation plans and and all of that, there's plenty to go around. We just have to work together. I mean, we have a lot of technology, too, to heal land and be able to farm it. So we just have to do that on a mass scale. If Bill Gates and his 100% true plan to depopulate the earth goes through, then yes, we will all be better for it. So what I'm hearing from you, Leo Gates, is that you're not opposed to the depopulation agenda. I would very much appreciate uh, 3 billion people being eliminated. <laughs> huh? What's a good number? Where are we at? We're at well, like that's... 8, right? That's only 500 times as many as the last Holocaust. Do you think we should do it based on equality? Like we should kill the same amount of every race and gender? How should we do it? Intelligence. Think everyone takes an IQ test, bottom 3 billion, dunzo. But but you can't, IQ tests are culturally biased. They're racially biased. That's true. They don't describe emotional intelligence. Very true. They well, I think the goal you. is to not fucking depopulate the earth. How about that? Oh, man, the population's too high. Now we just got to expand. We got to go to space. We'll send people to every potential planet that we think could have life and sustain Elon's life. Elon's going to Mars. Now? No. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I thought you were telling me news. After he built my Cybertruck, then he's going to Mars. Hmm. All right. So a lot to look forward to. Mars breatharianism not needing food anymore depopulation it's all good dude that's the dream i don't know man the way i see it going china seems to be very very gung-ho about being the dominant force but in the next what 10 years they just laid out their new like five-year plan oh why would they lay out their five-year plan for everyone to see oh they always do that so it's It's a way bigger real plan No, it's a way bigger flex to tell someone exactly how you're going to do it and then do it. That's an enormous flex, but I I can't see them actually doing that. We're about to find out. I mean, I I doubt their last five-year plan included rigging the election. We have... I'm sure it did. You think that... not publicly. (laughs) Yeah. Not publicly. You're right. You're right. (laughs) It's more of like an economic um, yardstick. Like, we plan to produce this many cattle and this many pigs. Oh, sure, sure. It's not a global domination blueprint. Yeah, but all global domination and dominance hierarchies are going to fall apart. It's just a matter of time. But we have never lived in a world where the U.S. wasn't the dominant force. That is true. Of culture, of influence, of military strength. That is true. And we will, so probably. We will, and that'll be an interesting shift, being number two all the time. Or I'll save America in 2028. And America will be number one forever. Could be. Strategically, it's perfect. The geography makes America number one. Through really no, what do I want to say? No effort of Americans themselves. It's, it was inevitable that America was going to become number one after they kicked out Spain or whoever. <sighs> it's good to be the chosen ones. Yeah, right? It would be crazy to be, you know, in one of the shithole countries, as <laughs> the president would call them. <laughs> I forgot about that. It would. You, 
I mean, that's most right people. Now, you could right now be your exact self. Well, not your exact self, but physically your exact self and never have been online, never have left your hometown, never have left your village. I'd probably be healthier and happier. I'd have a great sense of community. I wouldn't have fucked my mind up with all of the poison online. With all those psychedelics. Oh. <laughs> no, man, you'd probably have tapeworms and a bloated stomach. That builds character. <laughs> Deli belly makes all the Indians tough. That's what it is. What was interesting about Dr. Stephen Gundry was that he came out and said, Indians are all scammers and they're all dying super young because they eat a lot of lectins. Did he? Yeah, it was in his book. Remember he about how Tony Robbins put him in touch with a famous Indian guru and then got oh, changed well, yeah, his that, diet? Oh, yeah, that's hardly what he said in that part of the book. <laughs> yeah, he implied it. <laughs> yeah, he did imply a lot just with the line, my good friend Tony Robbins referred me to a spiritual guru who couldn't get his health together, and I came in and saved a god. If you want to go back and talk about you know, separating reality and delusions. There you go. There's 200 pages of delusion. (laughs) Nah, The Plant Paradox is a great book. I want to talk about the delusion of you thinking you're a self. The delusion of me thinking I'm a self. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I mean, you think you're you. Why? I think that I am me. Yes. I've never been anyone else. I've only ever been me. So why do you believe that you're you rather than believing you're no one? Well, I control me. Do you? Least. Yeah, of course. I'm doing it right now. I'm waving my arms. But you wouldn't have done that if we hadn't, if I hadn't asked the question. Okay, but I have autonomy over my corporal form. Would you agree with that? No. I pull the strings on my flesh puppet. There is something that makes you decide to pull the strings. but Or that gives you the sense of deciding. But I still pull the strings. I still physically pull the strings. You feel that you do. How do you know that you do? You know, we're not doing the whole, I was given orders by someone else and uh, I am not in control of my destiny. No, but like you have a thought, that thought makes you decide to move your arm. Where did the thought come from? Came from somewhere outside of you. Or it came from within. Yeah, but what anything within ultimately at some point came from something outside of you. Maybe. I don't know how that disproves that I control me. Control is an illusion. Ownership is an illusion. Possession's an illusion. Decisions are an illusion. So whatever I'm interacting with, it's the only thing I've ever interacted with. Mm-hmm. that's how i know i know i exist i am me i think therefore i am ah descartes yeah i feel like this is like a well accepted you know thing i think therefore i am is pretty well accepted within philosophy but it's wrong (laughs) damn throwing down descartes this is this is big well, he goes pretty far because he goes, I exist. Then he goes, other people exist. And then he goes, everything exists. Oh, yeah. And he also talks about God and how God's real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think philosophy tends to not 
buy all of that, but they do buy I think therefore I am. But I don't. Because I think thoughts are just another sense door, another sensory phenomenon. So you have sounds, sights, smells, tastes, feeling, and thoughts. I mean, so that's fine, but... There's something you, have... you perceive when you think. Like, there's awareness of thinking. But I don't think you are defined as existing by thinking the thoughts. Um, you are still some sort of receptor for these thoughts, correct? There is reception. There is awareness. But whether you are the receptor, I think, is also unclear. Who like, is the receptor? Well, what if consciousness is the receptor? What if it's an awareness that pervades the ether and the brain taps into that as if it's a radio frequency? So the brain tunes into that the hearing consciousness or the thinking consciousness or whatever it is. And it's like, oh, I'm hearing that. I'm thinking that. But that's not actually where the awareness is coming from. Okay, so we are all radios. And there's a radio station beaming all these thoughts and ideas. And this is one radio station. And this is why we are all one. And it's CNN. <laughs> that's the future. We're all watching CNN through our Google eyeglass. Like there's a contact lens that we see it through. No, is that basically the theory? Do I have that? Correct? Basically, but like to say we are radio receptors is still presuming a we. Like the brain is a radio receptor is more what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. This is where my ability to conceptualize falls apart because there's something going on in the flesh in the corporal form whether that's just interpreting or whether it's you know in inceptive is that a word mm -hmm. yeah incepted yeah whether it's either or there's still something so i don't i don't know how they reconcile that part You ever think like you've gone deeper than, you know, the most enlightened and it's just uncharted territory? <laughs> no. Maybe they just haven't thought this through. I doubt it. I've gone deep and I've had tastes of true self or no self, however you want to conceptualize it. But I have a long way to go. I definitely think that every thought that we think has been thought before at some point by some person. Yeah, I agree. There are no new thoughts under the sun. That's a saying. Yeah, there's no new anything. Right. Everything's always Everything gets recycled because it's all energy. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's like even important at the end of the day. Like the question of whether we exist, the question of whether we're enlightened. These are just words. Words are based on duality. And so I think if you were like enlightened, if you were in an enlightened place in a high state of mind, all of this would just sound like funny noise to you. Dude, it could be, or it could be that materialism is a hundred percent correct. And this is all hokey nonsense. Damn. That's a crazy possibility. That's a possibility that we don't weigh enough, right? That like physicalism is just the truth. Yeah. Hmm. And then this is all just, the brain spinning because it's got too much time.
<laughs> you know I, mean, I mean, there like, are people who believe that. There are philosophers who believe that. I mean, I believe that a lot of the time. Most of the time, really. Yeah, I, I guess like we all believe it to some degree, even if we don't identify as believing in it, because it's the culture. Like when I think of, you know, evolution and humanity, like I think the brain slowly evolved to first take care of like mobility and then eventually to create abstract thought. Like abstract thought came much, much later into the equation. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, but why which, does that mean that materialism is correct? Because that makes abstract thought more of a like flourish or oh, added like, feature than the be-all, end-all consciousness. So you're saying we evolved to a point where we're not threatened by any predators and we're, we're, you know, we succeeded at procreating into the future indefinitely. So then it was like a luxury evolution to have abstract thought? Exactly, exactly. It's like a luxury born of taking care of all the other basics and really optimizing the machine. Like now you have extra energy and we're so good at making food that you can you know, put resources towards yeah, more abstractionalism. Which is fascinating because then why is that like the goal of the biological system to evolve to a point of being able to abstract? Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to say is like if you look at a lot of thought closely, it's not helpful. Like I don't know why we would have evolved it because yeah. like especially the way the mind operates by default for most people today, it's like insanity it's not helpful it's really bad it's really inefficient well that's why i kind of believe in intelligent design too what yeah like i don't think it's that far-fetched to think that you know it's like simulation theory that there's some coder running code that's intelligent design right that is but why does this make you believe in that because the system doesn't behave perfectly efficiently there's like a flourish of creator intention like i want these things to be able to do this thing even though it's not the best thing or the most useful Hmm. yeah but there's so much more to our thinking than creating i mean it's a lot of rumination a lot of just nonsense yeah maybe i mean i would i kind of see creating as the highest form of whatever you want to call it existence truth yeah truth wow that's a big claim yeah man you got to be able to create that's what it's all about i do think that's what it's all about but also like i think what you're missing in this evolutionary lens is that we evolve for survival and survival is the identification of us as separate so Mm. if you take as a premise that we're separate that we exist as these separate beings then the materialism all makes sense. But if you don't assume that premise to be true, evolution could be like a race to be the most deluded, to be the most convinced that you're separate. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) But that doesn't really negate the survival aspect of it. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, if we imagine a tiger is there and could eat us and differentiate ourselves by running, that could further evolution. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. yeah all you need is love and air and prana and sunlight yeah, man. how much love can you give to those tigers before they rip your face off look at my hand can you see my hand is that from a tiger 
my it's from a kind of tiger from the cat <laughs> from your house cat yeah which would apparently kill you if it could if it were big we've enough we've known each other for 3 years and it would 100% kill me if it was big enough that's crazy do you like the- living as a companion to a being like that that you know respects you cuz it has to but would kill you um yes because i mean it it's makes like- you more of a killer there's no illusions on what a cat-human relationship is. A cat is a thing you keep around to kill all the other things around you. It's mm. not your buddy-buddy fluffy friend. <laughs> Ozzy's pretty fluffy, though. Well, Ozzy's been genetically manipulated by humans to be cuddly. Oh, did he take the vaccine? <laughs> yeah, he got Bill Gates's vaccine. He was the first one to get it. <laughs> all right, man. You out? Wait, hold on. We have to, we have to end it somehow. I mean, there oh, has sure. to be like a big... A big finale. It's got to be some some cliffhanger. Well, we're talking about food and biology and evolutionary biology. We were rep. Do you believe that we were reptiles once? Or I think we're reptiles now. I think the vril lizards inhabit human bodies. That's a weird leap, right? From reptile to mammal. That's an insane leap. That's one of the craziest conspiracy theories I've ever read that humans were once lizards no that these lizards called the vril have always lived on earth and have coexisted with humans but they really just want to dominate the earth and that they can inject themselves like through your eye into your brain and take over a person who becomes just a host for the lizard people that's how all these crazy people believe that like obama and the clintons are lizards are reptilian do reptilians survive on adrenochrome? Probably. I'll have to ask that voodoo priest. Dude, do you know the origins of adrenochrome? No. Well, I, I know it's supposed to come from a baby. Well, I think it originally came from a sci-fi short story in the <laughs> 1950s. Really? Yeah. Wow. As most things that people believe to be truth. Do you ever think about that? Like the Bible was just a really good sci-fi short story by just like a really creative author. And then it somehow, some way, took a life of its own. Yeah, I mean, unlikely given all these disciples started their own churches and shit. Yeah, but like, why wouldn't you? You know, if I give you a McDonald's menu, you're going to start a franchise. No, I'm not. I'm going to shut them all down. (laughs) 30 years ago, if I had given you a McDonald's menu, you would have started a franchise. Because you knew the getting was good. And because I wasn't born yet. Yeah. No, three years ago, maybe I would have, or 10 years ago, I definitely would have. But we didn't know. We didn't know food was bad for you. Now we do. Yeah. So how far we've come. How far humanity has come. So, oh yeah, you've got the Indica. So no sober buddy for this one. Just my lonesome trucking forward. Just you. You know, be careful out there. Don't. Take this as too dogmatic if you want food, you know? If this is the last consciousness porn episode you hear, then I guess uh, breatharianism doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be real bummed out if you starve to death. Yeah. I'm going to be real bummed out. That would be a relatively large bummer. Yeah.